Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. We've made it to Friday, final day of the week, headed into a very big sports weekend, both uh, on a local perspective and beyond. And keep in mind, you could say this is our final weekend without college basketball, although there are some exhibition games that will take place tonight and over the weekend when Monday gets here, especially Tuesday night when the Hoosiers play. College basketball season will have officially arrived, and what a joyous time of year that is. Let's take a look at the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one will be joined here in just moments by Steve Cooley. He's the head man at New Albany High School over the football program, and he's looking to lead New Albany and the Bulldogs to their first sectional championship in 19 years. Uh, the Bulldogs and Coach Cooley's team have had an outstanding season this year, especially in the Hoosier Hills Conference, and we'll preview tonight's game uh, with him in just a few moments. Also, later in the hour, Dylan Wallace, he's the sports editor of uh, the Seymour Tribune. He's always with us Fridays as we talk IU football heading into the weekend. We talk IU basketball, which gets started early next week. And Dylan also can tell us a little bit about the Seymour-New Albany matchup from a Seymour perspective specifically. Uh, He's covered the uh, Seymour Football Club a lot this season. He'll join us and chat all of those subjects and more coming up. And then later in the show, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. He's always with me Fridays. We talk basketball, recruiting, and more, and he'll join us in segment number three today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let's take a look at our, uh, also a reminder, the uh, Thornton's text line is open. Uh, The number for that is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day, and we'd love to hear from you. Maybe you've got a question about uh, the Bulldogs tonight. Coach Cooley will be with us in a few moments. Maybe it's IU football basketball for Dylan, basketball recruiting later for Kyle Nedenrip. Send in your text at 502-414-1450. Our first of three guests today is Steve Cooley at New Albany High School, the football coach. Coach, uh, going to be a fun one tonight. The weather's going to be chilly tonight, uh, but this is postseason football, and your team has an opportunity to bring home a championship for the first time in 19 years. These things are hard to come by. Yeah, we're real pleased to still be playing. You know, none of our kids were alive the last time New Albany was fortunate enough to win a sectional championship. So, uh, you know, uh, we'll fight the elements tonight. We told our kids to dress warm, and uh, our kids have had a great week of practice, and uh, we're ready to play. Coach, uh, let's just do a flashback of the season uh, for New Albany, specifically in the Hoosier Hills Conference. 
uh, you guys had an outstanding season. Uh, it was against out-of-conference opponents like Bloomington South in Game 1, Gibson Southern in Game 2, where you had a, a little bit of problems. But still, uh, what a season for New Albany up until this point to win the Hoosier Hills Conference, something else that hasn't happened often at New Albany. And just some of the co- accomplishments and accolades along the way I know has been fun for you and your kids. But ultimately, the sectional title is how you'll measure things, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, you know, when we set out the season, you know, obviously we want to have a winning season and be competitive and and uh, and get better week in week out and try to go one and zero every single week. And uh, you know, we knew our schedule was front loaded with some really good teams, and uh, we had some challenges. You know, we we played some really good, you know best defensive player in the state, if not the country, game one, and then best quarterback in the state, if not the country, in Midwest game two. You know, so we've seen some talented football teams, and that's just made us better for the regular season. And uh, you know, we wanted to beat East, you know, first time in a long time. Wanted to win the Hoosier Hills, you know, wanted to beat Floyd, you know, bring the anchor back to New Albany. And uh, you know, we've did that. Regular season's over. You know, now we've got uh, you know, take it one week at a time in the tournament. You know, we played well last Friday against Floyd Central, and uh, now we get to play against a good Seymour team that we, you know, we played a few weeks ago. Now, coach, a few weeks ago, actually, back on October eighth. Uh, it was New Albany on the road at Seymour, and the Bulldogs were victorious, 48-27. But I'm sure you've uh, tried to erase that score, that result from the memories of your players this week, because you've been very complimentary. We've talked some off-air about Seymour. Although New Albany is the favorite tonight, this Seymour is a young club that really reminds you, I think, of New Albany's football team a few seasons ago, and you know that the Owls are going to be good, especially a few years from now. So they've got the ability, they've got the talent, they're just really young. So I'm, I'm guessing you, you try to do a coaching job where, hey, let's forget that first result and, and act like it didn't happen. Yeah, you know what? Uh, the Perry kid at quarterback scares us. I mean, he can go the distance on any play, whether it's running or throwing and make plays. They got a big time freshman receiver on the outside. They get the ball to, you know, they throw it up. And so our corners will be challenged tonight. And, uh, so we're excited about that. We've got to stop the running game. You know, last time it was, it was a good, good game. You know, we, uh, we had a big lead early and then they scored on our young kids. I was good because our JV got to play the whole fourth quarter, but, uh, you know, we don't ever anticipate that going into the game for us. You know, we've got to try to contain their quarterback and, uh, you know, get our defense off the field. And offensively, we've got to, you know, win the line of scrimmage up front, you know, to be competitive. And, uh, you know, we're playing pretty well up front right now. So, uh, you know, and we've got both our backs back healthy. You know, last time we played Seymour, Miles broke his finger, didn't play that game after a few plays. And Keanu went down with high ankle sprain early. So Elijah Jennings had most of the carries that whole night last time we played Seymour. So uh, both these kids want to get back into that game and play them because they didn't really get to play them last time we played them. Steve Cooley, New Albany football coach, my guest as we open this Friday program. Uh, coach, what? and you touched on it some there, but Darrell Simmons is quarterback. Uh, this New Albany offense has been very explosive in most games, if not all games this season. season. Even in games that you've lost, you've still been able to put some considerable points on the board. Can you just, for somebody that hasn't seen your team play, hasn't listened to a game here on the Big X, can you, you talk about what has made overall this team so explosive on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, we uh, everything starts with our running game up front. Our offensive line's done a great job, but we're you know we're a big power counter team, and we try to establish our run. But we're also you know we're kind of what people term a fast and wide team. If you watch Tennessee play or Ole Miss, you know a lot of these teams, the old Baylor stuff with our Bryles, where we got wide splits. 
you know, we try to put people on islands. And, and we have two athletic, we have two thousand yard receivers on the outside, and you know, Dejon Winburn and Jay Raylan Johnson, and, and, we, and we take a lot of shots. We do a lot of deep ball stuff and run uh, in a lot of different ways to try to get those guys the ball down the field. And we've been really good at that this year. And so, and Darrell kind of makes things go with with that and with him pulling the ball down and running with some option stuff that we do and some of the, the RPO stuff that we do on the outside, on the perimeter to get those guys the ball. So, uh, you know, we've, uh, we've got some talent. We, you know, we figured out some different ways to use them this year, and uh, it's been successful for us. Steve Cooley, New Albany football coach. Coach, the health of this team heading into tonight's sectional championship I think is good. Is, is everybody that you need going to be available? Yeah, we've got a couple guys dinged up that are about 70% that'll probably play maybe half the time some tonight. And uh, But uh, we've had some, a good week of practice with the backups guys that have filled in that came into the game for them last week against Floyd. But uh, we'll be uh, we'll, uh, our kids will be focused. They'll be ready to play. Coach Cooley of New Albany. Coach, we, we mentioned this sectional championship game has been an exciting time for you, and they, they just simply haven't come around New Albany uh, for a number of years. It's kind of a rarity. So this week, with some extra buzz around your team and around this game, I expect, despite the, the chilly weather tonight, a really good crowd. And I know that with all the work that goes in, and you've had a good following all season long, but with all the work that goes in behind the scenes from you and your coaching staff, and obviously the players are working really hard in the classroom, on the practice field, and of course during games as well, it's got to be an extra boost when you get to a big title game, whether it's a sectional or beyond to have some additional community support, to know there might be a few extra people in the stands and maybe some people tonight that will be putting eyes on uh, the Bulldogs or even high school football uh, for the first time this season. I know that's a good feeling. Yeah, it's been great. Our community support's been, you know, I've gotten letters and cards from, you know, people that graduated from New Albany, you know, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, talking about how proud they are of our kids this year and stuff. So it's been neat to see a lot of people reach out to us and, you know, and we try to tell our kids to try to stay focused. You know, we've got a mission, we've got a plan, here's what we're going to do, and we got to take it one week at a time and uh, don't let all these things distract you from what we're trying to get done. However, you know, we've had the media out there every day. We were the team of the week this week. You know, the TV was out yesterday. And so it's one of those things that they need to embrace it. They need to enjoy it, but they need to look back on it. You know, the important thing is to try to win the game, you know, to be successful, you know, and to win the championship and, and get there. To put ourselves in a position to get there, there's no guarantees just because we beat them last time. You know, we've got to go out and play really well tonight. But I know our kids will be fired up and uh, we'll be as aggressive as we can be and uh, we'll play as hard as we can. All right, Coach Cooley, you're the final high school football team in our local area of Clark and Floyd counties that is still playing high school football and will appear in a sectional championship game tonight. So my hope is is that we can have this conversation next week, maybe before a regional championship game. So very best of luck to you and the Bulldogs tonight as they host Seymour. Thank you very much, and thank you for all you guys do for high school sports. Thank you very much. Steve Cooley of New Albany getting our show underway today. New Albany hosting Seymour tonight, 7 o'clock kickoff. It'll be the game we broadcast on the Big X. If the weather's too cold for you, too chilly, you can't make it out, you can always tune it in here on 1450 and 96.1. And New Albany, this is, would be, if they can put the victory together tonight, first sectional championship in 19 seasons. And I said uh, the other uh, day earlier this week when we were talking some high school football on the show, I said I was a senior at New Albany the last time the Bulldogs brought home 
a sectional title. And someone texted in and said, you're wrong. My son and you went to school together, and you were actually a freshman in college uh, when New Albany won the sectional championship last. So that's how long it's been uh, for Bulldog football fans uh, since a sectional championship. That would have been the 2003 season. So big one coming up tonight and uh, a fun high school football season. I mentioned earlier in the week as well that Unfortunately, the last number of years, we just haven't had many teams even advance uh, far to a sectional championship. I think I can remember a few years ago maybe where we had three local teams that were playing four sectional championships. I'm not sure that we had uh, anyone win a sectional championship that year, but kind of looking for a breakthrough team here this season or next. Could New Albany uh, get a win tonight and move on to the regional? And uh, when's the last time we had a team, a high school football team, uh, that went beyond the regional round, actually won the regional and went on to the semi-state. So uh, that would be the next thing I think that we need to have happen in this area. High school sports have been so good. Uh, so many different sports have seen state championships come back to the area. Uh, just unbelievable, really, the the run of success that Southern Indiana high schools, specifically here in Clark and Floyd counties, have been on. Uh, but we need to add some football success to that. Also looking ahead, if New Albany uh, can beat Seymour tonight for a second time this season, and I'm told that if Bloomington North beats Bloomington South in that sectional uh, title game, New Albany would play at Bloomington North. And that if Bloomington South, I think who maybe would be a slight favorite or the favorite in that game against Bloomington North, if they win, South would come to New Albany next week based on how the brackets are structured. And kind of interestingly enough, just thinking ahead for a moment, New Albany has played both Bloomington South and Bloomington North as well. They opened the season against Bloomington South a 50-20 to loss in that first game. And then midway through the season, back in late September, New Albany hosted Bloomington North and lost to them 69-45, to so able to score some points, but obviously a bit of a margin between both of those teams. So if New Albany wins tonight, they've got uh, their work cut out for them in the regional round if they wanted to pull what would really be considered, I think, somewhat of a major upset in the next round. So we'll see how New Albany fares tonight and what's ahead for them if they're able to move on to the regional round of play. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. And one other thing this weekend, that I know a lot of people are excited about. A lot of people going to Bloomington for this uh, new Hoosier Basketball Fan Fest. The doors will open at 6 p.m. The event begins at 7 p.m. Again, interestingly uh, enough, the most interesting thing I think think about this event is it is uh, presented by the Mark Cuban Foundation in partnership with what's uh, called the Hoosier Hysterics NIL Collective. And if you ever have listened to the Hysterics, they have a podcast about IU basketball mainly uh, and a lot of connections in Bloomington. But this event will benefit, the ticket prices are cheap, but it will benefit uh, the players because of the NIL rules, the way this event has been structured and set up. A couple other things about Saturday night in Bloomington. Bob Knight is uh, supposed to be attending the event. It was announced earlier this week. And if you're thinking about going or planning to go, Tickets are available online, and it's just 5 bucks to get in in the main level. $5 ticket gets you in. $49 is a courtside, the wooden bleacher seats there below the wall at Assembly Hall, and then $99 gets you a seat on courtside. And I think the tickets for courtside are already sold out. So a fun event. They've advertised. This is going to be really interesting to see what actually happens. They have advertised a five-on-five open gym in addition to what's being billed a shooting stars showcase 
a three-point contest, and a slam dunk competition. Now, the reason, to me, the five-on-five open gym, to me that sounds like a scrimmage of some sort, uh, at least some sort of up-and-down play with you know five players going against five players. But it's interesting because the season starts Tuesday. Indiana has held, had some health concerns this offseason. In fact, just remember two weeks ago on a Sunday, Indiana was supposed to have a secret scrimmage with Cincinnati that was called off because of uh, health concerns and sickness. And it didn't sound like anything major, but enough that the game didn't need to be played, especially risking further injuries and additional players out. So that, to me, would be a big concern with the regular season just around the corner, including the first game against uh, Eastern Michigan on Tuesday night. But we'll see how it goes. If you're there, uh, maybe you'll get a brief glance at the Hoosiers going up and down. But I would believe that they will play it very cautious with whatever happens uh, on the court. But we will see. First year of this Hoosier basketball fan fest and a very neat concept. And again, I think uh, an outside-the-box way to uh, fund or get IU players some money through NIL. Uh, and there have been some crazy deals with NIL across the country. I saw that Kentucky basketball, some of their players, maybe all of their players, getting a deal with a cryptocurrency uh, uh, agency where they're going to be able to advertise that and I guess I'm assuming be paid in that form. But there have been lots of different interesting deals across the country in basketball, but I don't know that I've seen a preseason event be structured by really a third party that allows players to benefit from it. Uh, the Boys and Girls Club in Bloomington will also be a beneficiary of this uh, new preseason event in Bloomington. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back in segment two and be joined by Dylan Wallace. He's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. IU in Michigan. Football coming up on Saturday night, a tough one to say the least for IU football. I don't think any of us disagree about that. Indiana having a rough go of it against a very tough schedule with lots of energy, with lots of injuries, excuse me, and uh, the season just not going the way that we all hope. And it's not going to get any easier for Tom Allen's troops on Saturday. We'll discuss that. We'll talk a little basketball. We'll get Dylan's thoughts on Seymour New Albany tonight and more in the next segment. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Friday program. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest in this segment. We talk IU football, basketball, and more. And we'll even get Dylan's thoughts near the end of the segment on the Seymour New Albany sectional football championship game tonight. But, Dylan, I want to start with IU football. Man, this Michigan team is good. I had a chance to see the end of their loss, their only loss of the season, to Michigan State last weekend. IU goes to the big house on Saturday night. Donovan McCauley expected to be the starter. Uh, this, without, I don't, I don't even know what to say. It's going to be a tough one for IU, uh, where you'd like to build up that there's some hope that this team can get hot and go on a streak to finish out the year, still somehow 
somehow become eligible for a bowl. But realistically, Dylan, when you look at this game, no matter what's ahead after this, uh, it's going to be very tough for IU to, I think, be competitive in this one. Yeah, it certainly uh, looks that way, and this is, uh, you know, basically a must-win. You know, you got to win this one, you got to win out to to get the six wins and and get yourself into a bowl game. Uh, and it's just not looking good. You know, the opportunity was there last um, Saturday against Maryland to really kind of get a win. Um, even if you lost this Michigan State, you could still win against you know Minnesota, Purdue, Rutgers, and and still be fine. Um, but Really missed opportunity last weekend, um, especially just on defensively again, uh, like we talked about last week with the Ohio State game. Uh, the defense is just taking a turn for the worst. Um, and, you know, you're going to Michigan, another night game, Indiana. I don't know what they've done this season to deserve so many primetime games under the lights, but uh, they've gotten a lot of them. Um, and, you know, being at the big house um, at 730, in Michigan's, you know, really trying to redeem themselves after losing to Michigan State. Um, you know, they lost to Michigan State team that IU, you could argue, probably should have beaten at home uh, a couple weeks ago as well. So uh, I guess maybe that's your one silver lining. Hey, you know, we almost beat Michigan State and they beat Michigan, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's not looking good. Um, you know, Donovan McCauley showed some nice things last week. Uh, but, again, you know, they can't put together a performance where both sides of the ball can really, you know, perform well on the same day, you know, because the offense did enough to win last week. The defense did not. We've seen countless times earlier before that the defense did more than enough to win. The offense could not do anything. So does Indiana get both sides of the ball on the right page this Saturday? Um, probably not because it's going to be a really tough environment to play in, especially for a young freshman quarterback in just a second start. Um, you know, you saw how they were hesitant to throw him in against Ohio State. Um, now you're at Michigan in front of that kind of crowd. It's going to be tough. Um, but, you know, Indiana, we'll, we'll see what they got in them. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not going to – might not be pretty, uh, I'll say that. Let's let's flash back to last season for just a moment. Indiana with a win over Michigan, 38-21 was the final score. Probably was the worst season that Coach Harbaugh has had at Michigan. And, you know, he's been under some fire uh, for his inability to beat Ohio State, the big rival of the Wolverines in the Big Ten. And really, you could maybe say for his inability to win some big games, no matter who the opponent has been in his time at Michigan, but uh, Michigan is stuck with him and it's paying off this season, even though I think a very disappointing loss to a also undefeated Michigan state team last week, that was a great matchup uh, for uh, this part of the season, but uh, it's amazing how in just a year tables have turned Indiana after that big win over the Wolverines a season ago and a tough year for them has went downhill where Michigan has made some really big gains and improvements uh, since the last time we saw these two teams meet on the field. Yeah, and you've seen that not just with Michigan, you've seen it with Penn State, you've seen it with Michigan State. Those were the three teams that Indiana beat that really kind of put them in the upper echelon of the Big Ten East, and it seemed like Indiana had arrived. And then, you know, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, with the transfer portal, with just the coaching they have, they all, they're all able to turn around this season. Um, and then Indiana has not been able to kind of keep up. And I think that's where the big difference is when you look at Indiana's program compared to those three. You know, those are the three that, you know, Indiana realistically could have a chance to catch. Obviously, Ohio State's always going to be like the top dog in that in, the, in that side of the conference. But, you know, you, you got to try to be able to keep pace with Michigan State, um, especially Michigan State, and then maybe you could try to catch up to Michigan and Penn State. Um, but, but that's kind of been the big difference, how quickly those three programs have turned themselves around this season 
Whereas Indiana just kind of seemed like a fun story last year that, that wasn't kind of real. And, you know, it, it, it's kind of tough when you look at all that. Um, but, you know, this, this has been a really impressive season by all three of those programs. But you mentioned Harbaugh not winning big games. I mean, last week was another example. That was a big game for Michigan. You know, if they're able to win that, they're, they're probably, you know, may, maybe they're in Michigan State spot uh, in terms of the, the college football playoff top four that they released on Tuesday. Um, so, you know, that would be huge for them. This is going to be another big game for them because, you know, if they can win out this season, they beat Indiana, they win the other games, and they beat Ohio State, that would be huge for them as well. So, um, you know, th- these are these are big games for all these schools. And for Indiana, they're just trying to fight to keep their season alive. And, you know, you just have to wonder. You don't want to get too far ahead of yourselves. But, you know, if, if Indiana loses this game on Saturday – um, what are they going to be trying to play for the next couple of weeks? You know, is it how tough is it going to be to try to get that locker room back? I know Tom Ellens are, you know, really good at motivating his players and, you know, everyone's kind of LEO culture and, you know, they all care, but it, it might be tough just to how, how kind of quickly the ship has fallen on them this season. Um, you know, is, is it kind of, you know, broken in the, in the locker room right now? How, how kind of, how, how are the spirits? So uh, that's going to be interesting to kind of look out for, but yeah, I mean, you, it, it just kind of shows, where Indiana still needs to be, how far Indiana still is from kind of being in in those conversations because of how quickly Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State were just able to turn around a weird year last year and, you know, they look like they were all, you know, really down in the dumps and now all three of them are top 25 teams, you know, were undefeated at some point and, and are playing big games and winning big games, whereas Indiana has not been able to win any big games and have, have been able to kind of live up to the hype that, that we had before the before the season started. Dylan Wallace, he's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Dylan, you know, when I see Michigan State, that they're in the conversation uh, at this point for the uh, college football playoff, the undefeated after the win last week over Michigan, uh, they they clearly are the biggest surprise and maybe one of the hottest teams in the Big Ten. You know, I think Indiana was not expected to win the Big Ten, but they were expected to kind of be that hot team. Not that Indiana would have ever this season been in the national, the college football playoffs conversation if things had gone really well. Uh, but I, I just scratched my head some that Michigan State uh, is undefeated at this point of the season based on where they were projected before the year began. I mean, people thought they could be solid, they could uh, kind of reach a turning point, but uh, when I look at Big Ten football, they have been, I think, by far the biggest surprise and something that I still kind of scratch my head at a little bit. Yeah, they definitely have been. I mean, they have just completely turned themselves around. You know, you remember Indiana went to East Lansing last year and then shut them out. You know, beat them twenty-four nothing. The Michigan State didn't even score a point on their home on their home field against an Indiana team. You know, and, and now this year, uh, it's just completely different for them. And I, I know, you know, when Mel Talker was brought in there, um, everyone kind of thought he was highly regarded. He was a really good coach, and and now we're kind of seeing that come together. Uh, and, you know, they, they brought in like something like 14 transfers who are all playing big, you know, big portions of the field right now. Um, so they really use the transfer portal to their advantage and they've just completely, you know, turned things around. And, you know, you look at their schedule, they got they're at Purdue to, uh, tomorrow. And we all know Purdue's kind of weirdly known for beating like top five teams at home randomly in the season. And so I think Michigan State's kind of preparing for a trap game there and you know, but then they host Maryland, and you know they they could definitely be undefeated going into the Ohio State game at Ohio State, um, and that'd be huge for them. You know, the final two games are against Ohio State and Penn State, um, and you know if they, if they if they're able to win, you know, 
one of those or both of them, then it, then, you know, they definitely deserve to be in that top four in that college football playoff. But, um, it's been a really good season for them. You know, even if they don't get into the, the top four in that playoff, you know, I still think, um, just what they've been able to do, uh, the season's already a success for them. Um, and, you know, it's just been really impressive. Um, and I, and again, I think it just shows the difference as to what Indiana still kind of lacks. And it shows just maybe how far off they are from kind of consistently being in that top, you know, three or top two or in the conversation of kind of the top of the Big Ten East. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been a good season for Michigan State. But again, I mean, they didn't even look that great against Indiana at home. And that was one of the things where I was like, is this even a top 10 team? You know, obviously last week they really kind of looked really good and they kind of showed, you know, all right, maybe we are. But that game against Indiana, you know, they they did not look very good. Indiana's defense played really well. And, you know, it's, it's always that kind of thing where you're like, man, Indiana, they they feel like they have the pieces to be there, but they just can't put it all together. Whereas Michigan State, you know, they have been able to do that, and that's been the big difference between them so far this season. All right, Dylan, let's uh, flip the basketball here for a moment uh, before we get your prediction on the Seymour-New Albany sectional championship game tonight. Uh, Eastern Michigan comes to Assembly Hall to start the year on Tuesday, and there's all sorts of excitement to get this college basketball season underway. IU fans elated to have Mike Woodson there and at some of the developments that have happened in the offseason. Now I think we get a chance to see things come together on the floor. What does it look like under Coach Woodson? We talk so much about four out, one in, an NBA-style up-tempo offense I think that's probably at this point uh, the most uh, intriguing thing about what's next for IU basketball is to see Mike Woodson put his brand, his style of offense, and where the defense is going to be at uh, on the floor here. And that that all starts Tuesday night. It won't be perfect Tuesday night. Uh, I'm sure there will be lots of uh, experiments here early based on IU's schedule and who they play. But we're going to at least get uh, small doses coming up over the next few weeks about, about what IU basketball under Mike Woodson could look like. Yeah, definitely. I, I think this is kind of why the schedule is designed this way for Indiana and Mike Woodson with his first year. You know, we've we've heard him say countless times over the offseason, you know, we've just really been hammering home the defense. The defense is what we want them to get down. And, you know, we really haven't started putting a whole lot into the offense quite yet. You know, we're starting to, you know, put some new things in and do that. So I think, you know, as you said, these first couple of games, we're going to start to see a lot of experimentation on the offensive side of the ball, a lot of kind of free playing, you know, you know, open, open court, you know, get out in transition, you know, spread it out, shoot threes, stuff like that. Um, I, I think, you know, in terms of sets, you know, we'll, they'll probably start to put in sets as the season goes on, you know, and, and they have the room to do so against teams like Eastern Michigan. You have Northern Illinois, you know, St. John's might be a, a you know, one of the tougher games that non-conference played early on, um, you know, but then, you know, they, they have more easy opponents and then, they, you know, they don't really get taste to get tested until they go to Syracuse on November 30th. So they got about a decent, you know, three couple weeks here is right when the season starts that they'll be able to try some things out um see, see kind of what who who plays well with who and just kind of you know see how it is you know how, how did the players respond to, to you know playing with Mike Woodson how does the coaching staff work with each other on the sideline all that kind of stuff they'll be able to really work out and work the kinks out early on and I think it's a good thing the schedule might be set up this way um before things get a little bit harder and you know I think you know they obviously had the Bahamas trip which is really big for them that uh, they beat Belmont last Saturday, I think, in a scrimmage, which was which was a good thing. Um, and you know, I think it's just gonna be really exciting. And you know, I think everyone is really curious to see how the offense how the offense looks. You know, the offense. You know, I, I think everyone's kind of hoping that the the nine minute scoring droughts are behind them from the last four years. I mean, those were just brutal to watch, brutal to endure. 
Um, and you, you're just hoping those are behind the team right now. And they play a little bit more loose. They, they, they run and gun. They get up and down the floor. They shoot the ball. Um, it's going to be exciting. Um, and I think fans are hoping it's going to be exciting. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of excitement in general in the building and assembly hall on Tuesday night. So that's, that's going to be something to look forward to, especially, you know, with the football team kind of just, you know, at, at two wins just this far into the season, you know, with basketball starting up. Um, it's a good thing for the program, for the campus. I think a lot of people are excited. I think the energy in Bloomington is pretty good. Um, so it, it, it's a good thing. And, uh, you know, you, you just hope that, that guys are able to, to stay healthy. You know, Indiana's had some really bad luck early in the season. I feel like a lot of guys get nicked up. They're out. They're missing time, stuff like that. Um, you know, I don't. I can't remember who 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 did or who didn't play in that scrimmage on Saturday, but you just hope that you know health wise they're good because you know this is a talented team that can that can be pretty deep as well. So you want to see all the guys kind of get a shot um, and how everyone looks. So yeah, it's exciting and, and the offense and how it looks is definitely going to be the thing that everyone's kind of going to be looking out for for sure. Dylan, real quick on Tuesday night, Eastern Michigan I saw is projected to finish eleventh of twelve teams in the MAC conference. Uh, so not a strong team coming to town. They uh, have played a, a couple exhibitions so far, and I did have the schedule in front of me. One was a, a win over Oakland, who is a D1 school also in Michigan. Then they actually uh, scrimmage uh, Goshen College, uh, not a D1 school, uh, tonight in Indiana, and then come down to Bloomington for the game on Tuesday. So Indiana – with all the question marks about Mike Woodson and this team and who's going to step up and what the starting lineup could look like, uh, they simply will not be challenged Tuesday night. This is the kind of opponent where you expect Indiana not just to win but to crush. And there, as you mentioned, are going to be a number of games like this for IU in the coming weeks. But I think it's a good thing based on what we know about a new coach and so so many question marks within the team. Yeah, it is a good thing. A lot of people kind of – are like, you know, we we don't want to play these easy cupcake teams. You know, we want to kind of play a tough non-conference schedule and, you know, see what the team is made of early on, get them ready for Big Ten play, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I think that's true to an extent, but but not quite yet. You know, this is Mike Woodson's first year. They want to try to figure things out. Um, and then, you know, once they start to get things going, I think Mike Woodson's even said, you know, we want to be playing the Kansases, we want to play the Dukes, the Kentuckys, we want to be able to play these teams in the non-conference. And I think, you know, We'll definitely see that. I think especially since this is the last year of the Crossroads Classic as well, you know, it'll be interesting to kind of see scheduling going forward, what maybe takes place of that. Um, so I think this is a good way to start his first year. Um, and then once, you know, the years start to build up for him, they're probably going to, you know, toughen their non-conference schedule, and, and, that, and that's probably a good thing. But this, this, is, this right here is probably the, the, the best way to do it for Indiana – just get their feet wet, get get going, get playing with each other, get the chemistry down. And, yeah, you know, I'm sure they'll be favored by, you know, 20, maybe 30 points or something like that coming into Tuesday. Um, so, yeah, they should win by a lot. And, you know, I saw yesterday Purdue scrimmaged uh, Indy, and they're only up eight at halftime. And people were like, uh, what's this all about? So, you know, you hope Indiana is not only, you know, struggling to, to keep a single-digit lead over Eastern Michigan uh, throughout the game, like like Purdue was last night. Uh, obviously, they pulled away and got the win. But, you know, you, you hope things uh, – no one gets concerned about anything like that. Indiana should win by a by a good margin. It'll, it'll just be a really good way to kick off the Mike Woodson era. I mean, geez, I was in the building as a student, you know, front row of the GA section in the first game of the Archie Miller era, and it was a 21-point loss to Indiana State. And you're like, wait what just happened um so you you hope that uh things like that don't happen and you know that was obviously a sign of things to come on in the archie miller era so i think this is a good it'll be a nice 
solid double digit victory for Indiana and this and just a good, you know, nice start, get a one and record under Mike Woodson. I think it'll be all a good thing. Yeah, no question. Dylan Wallace, as we head to break, give us your thoughts on Seymour New Albany football sectional championship in five A tonight. Uh, the Owls are young. Uh, not sure this is their year, but uh, they've gotten better as the season has went on. Can they hang with the offensively strong Bulldogs tonight? Yeah, they really have gotten better as the season's gone on. You know, New Albany, uh, they came to see more on October 8th and just kind of, you know, explosive plays, just crazy. They were able to get up and down the field easily, you know, really score. Seymour did score some late that made the score a little bit respectable, but nobody was really, really controlling. You know, they're, they're the favorite, obviously, as they should be tonight, but, you know, Seymour's a different team than from October 8th. You know, they, they, they've been able to run the ball a lot more now. Um, you know, you know, the head coach Tyson Moore even told me the New Albany game kind of changed the dynamic of what they wanted to do defensively and, and offensively as well. You know, they, they've been able to run the ball a lot more. Um, their defense has been playing really well. You know, they've allowed 10 points in the last two games. Uh, they shut out Madison, and they, they only allowed 10 at, against Bedford last, last uh, Friday. So um, I think they're, they're definitely much improved than the last time these two teams played. Um, and, you know, uh, it's going to be tough for them to get, get a win. But I think, you know, what they've shown the last couple of weeks, they can at least be competitive. And I think that that'd be a big step for them is to kind of be in the game, not just get blown out of the water from the first couple of plays. If New Albany goes 70 yards or something like that. So uh, I'm curious to see kind of how these teams match up against each other again from, from a couple of weeks ago. So definitely excited. Uh, and I think, you know, New Albany will probably win, but um, you know, I, I'm open to, to the, to the possibility this could be a really tight game and, and you know, that'd just be, that'd be fun to watch. So I'm hoping for that at least. Yeah, absolutely. Dylan Wallace, sports editor, Seymour Tribune with us on Fridays. We talk IU high school and more. Dylan, thank you for the chat today. Have a great weekend. Yep, you guys too. Thank you. We'll head to a commercial break. Final segment of the program and of the week, as always, Kyle Nedenrip of the Indy Star. We'll talk some basketball and recruiting in the next segment. Stay with us for that. A Friday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison continues here on the Big X. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back. Final segment of the day with Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star. Kyle, football sectional championship night in our state. We mentioned locally it's New Albany and Seymour. The Bulldogs, the last opportunity for a local team playing high school football in our area this season. But there are some tremendous matchups across the state. In fact, I think I saw, was it 5A in Indianapolis a number one versus number two matchup to highlight what's uh, always a big slate of games on this night. Yeah, when I, in that matchup, uh, you know, it was probably about number four or five on our list of the uh, best games of the week. So that tells you something about uh, the amount of good games. And I know people always, uh, you know, clamor for seeding and, you know, trying to get the best two teams uh, playing each other in the sectional championship. And I'm one of those. And it kind of worked out this year, I think, where you have, you know, just a lot of great games on uh, on sectional championship night. The game you mentioned is Cathedral and Decatur Central. 
uh, number one versus two in class five a, but, you know, there are a lot of really good games in six a as well. Um, you know, Hamilton Southeastern and Westfield is one, uh, Carmel Brownsburg is another, uh, I'm going to be at the Lawrence North, uh, Lawrence central, uh, matchup, a lot, obviously a lot of history between those schools and, you know, Lawrence North hasn't won a sectional since 1990, which was, uh, you know, back around the time when uh, Eric Montross was playing basketball for the Wildcats. So, you know, it's uh, in Lawrence Central hasn't since uh, the sixth class was added. So it's it's been a long time for those schools. But, you know, it should be a really fun night. Uh, hopefully the weather stays uh, nice like it is right now. And uh, we can have a, a you know, a, a night that's free of rain and uh, <laughs> slippery footballs. So uh, I, think it, I think it will be. It looks like it's supposed to be a good night. So looking forward to a great night of football. And, of course, Kyle, on Monday, uh, high school basketball, the boys officially can begin practice, which means we're just that much closer to the start of high school basketball season. Girls games underway now. Boys games always begin the week of Thanksgiving and then really pick up after that. So a very busy time for guys like you and I, but also a very fun time with basketball just about to get underway in our state. Yeah, and I'll give you a little insight and a name to know for the future. You probably talked about him already, but uh, Jalen Harrelson from uh, Fisher is going to be a freshman. I got a chance to get out there, uh, I think it was Wednesday, today's Friday, yeah, a couple days ago, uh, able to watch him play a little bit. I'd seen him play uh, in the freshman showcase uh, a couple, probably a month ago, and he went head-to-head with Trent Sisley, another really good uh, freshman uh, upcoming, but you know, kid hasn't played a varsity game yet. I'm going to write a little something about him, hopefully here uh, in the next couple of weeks. But uh, man, what a what a player! Six foot six, uh, plays guard basically. He's 14. Won't turn 15 until April. <laughs> so, you know, he's a young. He's not an old freshman. So, but uh, really, uh, you know, and who knows how the you know the careers turn out or you know how kids progress. But uh, even if he stays the same height he is now, I mean, he's already a really good high school player. It appears so. Uh, but that's definitely a name to know. He's got uh, a couple offers already, IU and Maryland. But uh, you know, he's he's a name. I know we talk about upcoming guys on your show a lot, and it'll do so over the course of a few years sometimes. But you know, that's one I'm sure we'll be we'll be talking about Jalen. Uh, you know, here in the next couple of years. Kyle, in the last I don't know two three weeks, we had Coach Weiniger on from Fishers and Coach Sisley on from Heritage Hills to preview those guys that you spoke about, Harrelson and. Also, Sicily from down at Heritage Hills. It's exciting to know uh, that there is young prospects in our state. That always seems to be the case, but we get so spoiled watching some of these classes come through their high school careers and how highly recruited they are. Lots of the in-state schools either land them or go hard after them in the recruiting process. Uh, but it's good to know that we're kind of refueling, reloading, uh, and there really are with Harrelson and Sicily some great guys that look like they have the potential before they've ever played an official high school basketball game for their respective school to just have monster careers in our state. Yeah, they're really, you know, you never want to say there's can't miss guys or, you know, but but they already, you know, the, with the skill set they have and the size they are, it's almost like, well, they're certainly going to be uh, productive players, you know, just, you know, based on what I've seen and, and what you hear from people and the coaches tell you and, and all that. So, you know, like I said, you never know 14 years old how, you know, how that path is going to, uh, progress, I guess, but but I mean, it's just it's really hard to look at those two guys, and you know, every year we kind of do, you know, here are some names to watch, and you know, you go back and look, and you're like, no, oh, that that guy didn't really 
progress or turn out or, you know, I was wrong on that guy, but uh, I'll have no problem, you know, putting those guys on a list of players to watch you know, for, you know, at the top of the list uh, for the 2025 class. And, you know, there's some other good guys in that class that I've seen too, but it's again, you know, those are, you know, players who have uh, still quite a ways to go. And these guys do too, you know, to reach their full potential, you know, there's, there's still a long way to go, but uh, man, really tantalizing, talent you know and and i didn't realize harrelson was as good you know i'd seen him play a little bit uh and then watching him in their open gym on uh, wednesday you know on a, on a really good team too that's a veteran team that you know they have you know they probably go 10 11 deep uh at fishers this coming year so you know he's already standing out and it's and i thought insightful too just talking to the uh, seniors on that team and how highly they regard him so you don't always see that you know sometimes the seniors will shy away and maybe not you can kind of read between the lines on what they really think of them or there's some jealousy there. But, you know, I thought the seniors who talked about him were, you know, very, um, you know, very proactive, I guess, to, to say that, yeah, he is, he is the man. He's going to be really good player. So I thought that was good to hear uh, his peers say that too. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm amazed Kyle uh, at how young the recruiting process, not just begins, but how serious it gets even at a young age, like Harrelson already having an offer from IU. Sisley's got, Purdue and IU tracking him very closely. Uh, I think Harrelson also has Maryland, as you mentioned, and Sicily may have a few other offers already as well. Uh, it just It's just amazing to me. It, everything seems to get younger and younger. Player rankings have gotten younger and younger and younger. In fact, to the point where it's ridiculous to rank elementary and even some middle school kids, I think. But now even scholarship offers from Division One institutions coming before a player has ever played a high school game. They're basing so much of this off of what happens in the spring and summer. Yeah, and I think I think both uh, Sizzly and Harrelson are are well uh, ready. You know, as much as you can be. You know, teenage kids, teenage boys especially, uh, can get uh, off track uh, pretty easily. I think, and but I think you know, I've spent some time with the Sizzly family too here not too long ago, and you know, I think both both uh, both kids are you know have good family support around them. Are going to be careful about uh, you know you know, saying too much or, you know, overexposing them to too much. So I, I think they have people in their corner who are going to do the right things for them where, you know, I do worry sometimes about kids who just get too much too fast and, and just, uh, it overwhelms them, I think, or you're doing too many interviews or you're doing, you know, you're, you're kind of believing, you know, what your rankings are. Shoot. We saw it even going back to Yogi Ferrell when he was, you know, ranked whatever top fourth grader you know, in the country or whatever. And, you know, they stepped away. They stepped out of the AAU scene for a while. You know, just and, and that ended up working out for him. But you know, it just uh, it, it is. I mean, I think you know those rankings. You know, I always tell kids too, those rankings and stuff are those are for the fans. You know, try not to pay attention to that. You know, try not to make it a big deal. And you know, if you're missed on some list, then you know that's not a that's more not a reflection on you is probably much as the, the person doing the list, you know, including myself at times, you know, you miss out on guys sometimes. So, you know, it's not a, not the end of the world. Uh, I know that a lot of stock is put into those rankings and, you know, I, I think I'm always pretty careful about doing them and making sure, you know, you've seen guys enough to rank them high or whatever, but uh, you know, those are more for the fans than they are for the players. Uh, hopefully the players uh, can understand that. 
Yeah, no question. Kyle Nedenrip, my guest, as we wrap up the week. All right, Kyle, last week I asked your opinion on a couple basketball things quickly as we closed out, so I'm going to stay there again today. Uh, give us a couple teams, uh, whether it's Southern Indiana, Central Indiana, that you're excited to see once the – or maybe you've already seen them in fall workouts, but what you're excited to see when the season gets underway and games are played. Yeah, well, I just mentioned one. I think Fishers is going to be definitely a team to watch. I think uh... – you know, looking at what they have coming back, I think down your way, Jeffersonville. You know, with with their players returning, a couple D one guys on that on that team from a from a good year a year ago, uh, will be a team to watch. I think you know, I think everybody around here knows uh, Carmel and Cathedral are definitely at the top of the list as far as you know. Pretty much every coach you talk to says, "Hey, you know, those are the two best, and we're probably all chasing them." And that's I think that's probably fairly accurate, uh, especially Carmel's case where they were uh, the state champion last year, and then everything Cathedral has returning to. Absolutely. Kyle Ned Rip, my guest. Kyle, thank you so much for the chat today. Have a great weekend. We'll catch up again next week. Thanks, Matt. That's going to wrap up this Friday edition of the program, high school football tonight here on the Big X. I'll be back with you Monday here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.